0: Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. In our culture, death is something we fear, and in most cases, a subject we try to avoid entirely. It's often considered rude or inappropriate to talk about death, so we're left with not only our fear of dying, but also completely unprepared for what's going to happen. So today we're going to be talking about the death process, so you can understand what's happening with people around you, and so ultimately you can be prepared for what's coming and can let go of your fear of death. Then we'll wrap it up with a group frequency calibration, which is a turbocharged meditation, to begin to help you clear the distortion patterns and gather momentum to propel you forward. So let's get started. Dennis?
1: Karen, you know, I had the opportunity for about four or five years to be a volunteer at hospice. Hmm. And so when you talk about death and the dying process, I find it quite fascinating. So... What I'm real curious about, from your perspective, is energetically, can you help me with the fear of dying, the fear of death?
0: Sure. So I mean, it's a frequency pattern. So it's a frequency pattern of fear. So yes, I mean that is something we can remove. And then also, if we understand what the death process is, it also helps remove it from a mental standpoint. So part of it is just lack of knowingness. And as humans, we always have we have another fear distortion pattern, which is a a fear of the unknown. So if it's unknown, and then we have this other fear distortion of like, well, it's death, and you know it feels scary because we don't really know what that means. And you know we believe that we're finite. Then yes. It, it's kind of like a double whammy. So if you can clear both, it's helpful.
1: Yeah. And it, for a lot of people, feels very permanent. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like oh. Yeah. You know. So you're saying if I can if I can understand the process. Yes. Energetically of the dying process, or.
0: Yes, like what happens on spirit level.
1: Okay. Okay. Can you so, just yeah. just talk about that a little? Totally.
0: Bit. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to. So there is a lot of misinformation about the death process and there's a lot of um and there's a lot of uh not knowingness so what i'll say is that so my father passed um in january he actually died four days before my birthday two years ago and he and i were very very close and uh what is awesome uh, about what happened is first he awakened before he died all that required and what i'll tell you what that means in a minute But just a split second before he left his body, he awakened. So I'm going to back up for a minute, and I'm going to get to the death part. The whole point of all this spirit work that we're doing is really to awaken before we die. And the reason that we care about that. You know, because I I know that we're we're talking about abundance and, and you know yeah. ease and all these different things that we're talking about and um, you know releasing fear and all that stuff, which is very important yeah. and it's very about the body and all that sort of stuff and and our lives here, and the awakening process is is really about when we die, <laughs> because what happens is when we leave this body that we think is you know the only gig that there is,
2: mm.
0: if we awaken before we pass out of it. What happens then is we have choice. And what I mean by that is typically if you d- die and you're not awake before you die, you go into what the Buddhists would call reincarnation. Okay, so you actually get put into another body, into another life where you're going to learn the same lesson and those frequency patterns are going to be coming back. It will be like a different family, maybe a different culture, a different something. But those frequency patterns will come back And they will be more intense, so you can learn the lessons you need to learn in order to awaken before you pass. So, it's best to do that now. (laughs) And then you don't really have a choice about it. You just get kicked into another life. If you awaken before you die, then what happens is when you pass, you get a choice as to what you get to do. So, it means you could reincarnate again, but then you have a choice of what life you go into. You could go just back into pure source and stay there and not reincarnate and help from a different perspective, you have a lot more that you can do as opposed to just getting sucked into another lifetime. So awakening before we die is really the name of the game. Okay? And if we awaken before we die and we reincarnate, we get, like I said, to choose a lifetime and we don't forget the next time around. So we don't have to do this whole process again of remembering and awakening and all that stuff because when we come back, like a lot of the kids now, they remember, they remember their connection to pure source. They don't haven't forgotten it. They just keep it with them. So it's really kind of very, 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 very cool. So that's the point of the awakening process, really, in my, from my perspective.
1: So if you don't mind talking about it, sure. since this is such a mission-critical mm-hmm. issue, is um, I'm sure you were extremely excited about the fact that your father, before he passed, awakened. Yes. Can, can you can you talk about that a little bit? And, yeah. And... How or why would you know that? Okay.
0: Yeah, so one other I'm gonna answer that question in just a minute What I'll say is that if you are like to the point that you're awakening before you're dying the death process can be very efficient Okay, so we talk, you know, a lot of us fear going into a hospice and being there for a long period of time or being in a home um, or like for example um chris's great grandmother was in a hospice and she was completely mentally aware but couldn't see and couldn't hear and was confined to her bed so that's horrifying because she was there for i think it was either 10 or 13 years now that to me it seems really 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 terrible Whoa. to be imprisoned inside her body and not being able to pass so um that's things that you know, one of the things that people fear is being trapped or incapacitated in some way and not being able to to leave. So, what I'll say is that once we start the awakening process, it, the death process, the physical death process, can be very efficient. So, my for my dad, what happened was we went on a family trip to. Bhutan, we actually went to visit all of his family and his friends in Malaysia, which is where he was from, we're Chinese, but from Malaysia, and he said goodbye to them, and you know, because he didn't think he could travel again, he was older, you know, he was in his 80s, and um, so he didn't think he could make the journey again, so he, you know, was saying goodbye to them, and then um, he went to Thailand, and then he came home, and within a month of him being home, he had passed. And what happened was, he went to the hospital on a Friday night, and by Sunday morning, was gone so that's a very i mean a month before he was dying he was hiking in the bhutanese mountains that's pretty cool i mean i'm just saying you know from an experience perspective i mean that's kind of awesome you know he's not lingering on he's living life to the fullest until the very end so how did i know that he awakened before before he passed exactly so uh well first of all i happen to work with two people who also can do the same thing i did and on different i happen to work on with them the same, the day after he passed, and two days later, I had appointments scheduled with them, and they both confirmed
2: oh. that
0: he passed without oh. me saying. They already knew before I even said anything that he'd already passed, and they told me that he, that he'd awakened before he passed. And I, I knew that, but it was nice to have confirmation. Mm. So I had verbal confirmation from two people who I trust, who do frequency work and who can see these things, and who work with crossing people mm. all the time. Exactly what happened and they knew they'd already he had already started this process and I'll I'll tell you in a minute But what the process is Mm. and he he'd already started that Transition so they knew he'd awakened because if not he wouldn't have done the steps that he did does that make sense? He would have been stuck in a different place So they knew that he'd awakened before he passed. So that's how I personally received confirmation of that. Okay Mm. Um, You had another question Well that I think I might not have answered Sorry, I well, forgot what it was. You,
1: you said that you were going to circle back and talk about the actual process. Yeah.
0: So, my father and I were really, really, really close. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we have um, journeyed together many times. Like, we're souls that have reincarnated many times together. And this is oftentimes people who you'll meet, who you have an immediate connection with, um, and very close, and you love them immediately. Oftentimes, these are people you've journeyed with before, meaning you've experienced different lifetimes with. Yeah. My father and I, um, we're very close. So um, when he, so he went into the hospital, like I said, on a Friday morning, and they had uh, he was getting uh, he was between worlds when he got there because he was severely dehydrated because he didn't want to drink because it hurt him to drink it hurt him to swallow, and so finally by the time we got him to the hospital he was severely dehydrated because he was refusing to take in water, and he was very. You could, you could see he was like drifting in and out of consciousness, he wasn't quite here, and when I saw him, I whispered to him, I took one look at him, and I said, Dad, you're between worlds, so you don't have to stay in this world, you can go to the other world, so you don't have to stay here for us, you can leave, if you want. You can leave, it's your choice. Because sometimes people will stay in the body because because of the family or their friends or they want to stay because they feel like they have an obligation to stay. Yeah. Yeah. For example, with um, Chris's great-grandmother, she was staying because of the family. And once his mother said to her, you know, great-grandmother, I'm um, grandmother, you can leave, you don't have to stay here for yeah. us. Literally, within 24 hours, she'd passed. 24 hours, she'd hung in there for 13 years in that hospice. 24 hours later, permission to pass, gone. So um, anyway, so I had spoken to him and said, you're between worlds. Just don't be afraid. You're pa- you know, it's OK if you choose something else. And what had happened was um, he, uh, the next morning, because he'd been rehydrated, um, was coming back sort of mentally and he was in a lot of pain and he was um, in the ICU and he was str- and they restrained um, const- him because he was getting belligerent. He didn't know where he was. He was calling for my mother. And so they sedated him. So, that you know, because he was, he was yelling a lot. So, in any case, um, what happened was he never came back into consciousness. He was sedated the whole time before he passed. Okay? So they had, sedate, they had sedated him. So that night, what happened was I was supposed to talk to my mother. I'm sorry, it's a bit of a long story, but it'll make no, sense good. in a minute. Um, so I was supposed to talk to my mother to see how he was because we'd been with him, just sitting with him. And... Um, that day and um she was supposed to call me when she got home to tell me how he was and i was i was worried because she hadn't called me and i called her on her various phones and she wasn't answering so chris my husband chris said to me karen just go find him etherically, go find check with him and i'm like oh yeah i don't know why i didn't think of that because i have the ability to journey to project my consciousness into different places so um anyhow so i was lying in bed and uh my eyes were open, which is an unusual thing for me. Usually when I meditate, I'm sitting upright, my eyes are closed. In this case, my eyes were open. So I was having a very uh, interesting experience where I was present in the room and also something else was happening at the same time. Does that make sense? So it was yeah. like I was present yeah. in two realms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's an unusual thing, but it was yeah. happening. Yeah. So anyhow, um, so I went to go find him because I can. It's one of my abilities. And so and when I found him, He was in a place that was very windy and foggy and gray. It was like, that's the feeling of it. And I was like, where is he? I I, I don't, I don't, and I was like, oh my God, he's in the Bardo. So if you read the Tibetan Book of the Dead, the Tibetans have tracked, just like the ancient Egyptians, what the journey is from body to not embodied. And it's a very specific journey. And I'd read this book many, many years ago. I mean, I don't really remember the book. It was, you know, 20 years ago that I read it or something. But I remember the bardo. And I knew without thinking that that's where he was. It was just realization. This is where he is, this place of transition. Mm-hmm. And I found him and uh, he wasn't afraid. And I, was, and I started to cry because I was like, oh, there's my... And I was like, if he's here in the bardo, he's not here, like in this yeah. realm anymore. Exactly. Okay, he's passed. He's his his soul is moving now. And I was like, okay. So that's why I was crying, because I was like, okay, this is confirmation to me that he's not there. And I want to just say, this was at eleven o'clock at night, our time, Pacific time. My sister, who is in Montreal, Canada, three hours ahead, wakes up at two AM in the morning exactly the same time that I'm journeying. I remember this time because I had gone in because my mother said she was going to call me at this time and she didn't. That's why I journeyed. So I was aware of the time. At two o'clock in the morning, she wakes up because she feels a hand going over her head, like caressing her on her forehead and um, like a kiss on the cheek. So she knew he had passed exactly at the same time. Exactly at the same time. Okay. So anyway, it's not like she called me. (laughs) She just had this experience and she told me this. next day so anyway okay so um and so I'm with him and all of a sudden he he takes me with him so it's like he took me by the hand and he took me to a different place and in this space there's a very specific quality of light that I now recognize as the death space light it's a very specific quality, and I can't describe it to you because it's a visual. It's like, how do I describe a smell or a taste to you, but it's a very specific light. And he took me there. And so the first thing I saw was his eyes. And I could just see his eyes. And then all of a sudden he appeared to me as like a thir- uh, about a 35-year-old man. So all of us have spirit bodies, and our spirit bodies are of a certain age. So what he was showing me was his spirit body, his essence. So he died when he was uh, he was uh, 82 or 83 when he died. He was in a lot of physical pain. He could barely move. He had a really um, like horrible pain in his lower body and his back, and he still would move and exercise, but it was, he was in chronic. It was a lot of pain, and it was always frustrating for him because he was a really active man. Like he he used to run every day, he used to swim a lot. So for him to be in pain and not be able to move was actually very mentally hard for him, emotionally hard for him. But anyway, we're in this space, and all of a sudden I see his eyes, and they're like bright and like sparkly. And then I see this 35-year-old man appear. This is my father. Now, my father was 40 when he had me. So I never knew him physically as a 35-year-old man, because I, I didn't exist yet in the body. So I'm seeing this very young man, he had hair, and he was so excited he was showing me he could do backflips and he could fly and he could jump around and he could do all the stuff. He's like, look what I can do. And he was totally free. And he was like, and he was kind of like, he was so, and in my physical body, I'm crying because I'm so happy that he's, all it is is joy. Just unbelievable joy because it's freedom. And I'm crying because he couldn't move, before, like, right? In the physical body. So here he is Free. Right? Young, kind of mischievous sparkle. And I just, incredible gratitude for his joyfulness. And then it's almost like he took me by the hand again. And we went. And we all of a sudden were over his body. And, I, and we're hovering over his body in the hospital. So I could see his body. And we're about mm, like six to eight feet above his body, hovering over it. And the feeling of it was tremendous gratitude. And what he was doing was he was saying goodbye to the body. And the soul was, oh. and it was an honoring. It was thank you. It was such an, a deep honoring. Like a deep gratitude for the flesh, for the body, for this, yeah. for what he got to experience through it. It was really beautiful. And um, so and then it's almost like um this is not linear. It's almost like he took me backwards. So now I'm looking as if I'm looking across a room. Okay, so like 10, 12 foot away. And he's lying down, right? He's lying down. And part though, I can see the body lying. And I see the soul sit up, like almost sit up, and then leave out of his chest. And it hovers over the body for about about six or eight feet above the body. And it just starts to zoom up. And then all of a sudden, I found myself, moving as if I were going to. And it's this incredibly beautiful, soft light. And I was like, oh my God, this is a tunnel. You know, everyone talks about this tunnel light thing. It's literally like, this t- it's very, soft. and you're just like, you're flying at this incredible speed up through this tunnel light. And then you pop out into the bardo. It's just this really beautiful feeling. And it's, it's incredibly free. There's nothing scary about it. So then, all of a sudden, it changes again. So my father is taking me through his death process. Because I have this feeling, mm. as I'm with him, I'm like, oh my god. Because he, I can feel him saying, almost it's like he's saying, but he's not talking, remember this. Remember. Because you too will do this. Remember. And, and that feeling was, and you need to share it. Because mm. we've forgotten. So all of a sudden, it changes again. Because again, this is not linear time. And it's as if, like the way you're sitting now. So as if there's like you, like in a chair, there's a chair sitting, and there's a table here, and as if I'm going to meet him for tea, and I come, and there's another chair. And I sit down, I come, and I sit next to him. So we're just kind of like, you know, like this, relaxed, as if we're going to have iced tea on a porch on a warm summer day. It's like that, you know, very leisurely, languid, there's no rush. And as I'm sitting here, I realize we're waiting for something. And I'm watching, and there are these like, um, how do you describe them? They're like these... Like individual spheres that are floating by and it's almost like a a slow jog They're just floating by okay, like one after another but linearly and I can't see what's in them I just see these things moving and I realize Oh my god, we're looking at his memories from his lifetime Now I can't see them because they're not my memories. They're his but I know that's what they are. I know and as they leave him it's the feeling of he's releasing them. He's releasing them. And, but it's the feeling of, you know, if you ever have you know uh, rescued a bird who has a broken wing or whatever, you nurse it back mm-hmm. to health, right? And then you let it free and then it goes and it flies away. And you're like, go, fly, be free, right? It's like that. So it wasn't sadness of these memories. It was gratitude and just a letting go. Like, go, be free. Like, I release you now. So it was a really um, beautiful moment, but there was no sadness, no sadness, zero. And then um, it shifted again, and I was back in that that light space. And then I got, I knew that I got into a different realm, like this place where it was all blue. And then it stopped, and then I was back in my body. So. That is that was my near-death. He took me through the death process He just literally took me with him And it's really what I would like to say to everyone is death is a beautiful thing
1: Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid
0: of it because there was no sadness in him zero. There was no pain There was nothing negative. There was only joy tremendous gratitude tremendous And like awe, almost of like the wonder of like, this was this lifetime, this was this gift. I got to experience all of this. I got to have all these learnings. So it's only that. So it was a really beautiful thing that he shared with me. And um, what's interesting is that, you know, as people prepare for this process, what happens is... Their spirit bodies start to get really bright Really really so even if they themselves physically are sort of having trouble right because the body's breaking down They start to get tremendously bright Tremendously bright, and then I know that oh, they're transitioning. They're getting ready to They're getting ready to move They're getting ready to move so that's how I know often that they're getting ready to move and his sister his only sister transitioned like passed eight months after him because i'm very close and uh for her it was um similar but different because she did not awaken before she died yeah. so what happened was i helped her in that process oh, okay. so she had a very different experience because um she uh was very um had a lot of religious binding with her and very, um, a lot of distortion around feeling not worthy of God, not feeling worthy of her maker, right? Because that was her religion. And as a result, um, she was having a lot of trouble letting go and releasing into the death process. So there's like a fear, like, I'm not, I'm not worthy, so I don't want to leave because oh, if I leave, then all I'm going to go into is purgatory because that's what she's told. Like, your choices are like purgatory. Purgatory. I mean, you might, she wasn't bad enough to go to hell, but she didn't feel worthy enough to go to heaven. And she didn't feel worthy of God, so she was stuck in her body. And when she was in the hospital, and um, in this phase where she was really floating in and out, part of my role was that I helped her cross, move, release her from these distortion patterns. And it was interesting because one of the things I did with her was, as she was crossing, all I did was I surrounded her with pure source. Like, all around her was pure source. Like, wake But she wouldn't look. It's like she was doing this, and she wouldn't look. And look at the, all the light around her. I'm like, this is you. This Look inside of you. This is you. All of this is you. You don't have to be afraid. But she was so terrified to look. Oh. And at some point, um, so I, sur- and then I surrounded her with this light. And I had to wait. And I checked in with her about mm, an hour, an hour time later. And I saw that she'd looked, because it was her choice at that point. You know what I mean? Like at that, it was yeah. like, what does she want to do? But because I'd worked on her and we'd removed the distortion patterns and, and she was ready, and once we move out of the body, it's easier for me to work on people because I'm not as constrained, she was willing to look. And you know what she said to me? Like, this is not like she's not talking, right? It's knowingness. So I'm seeing her and she's seeing me. And first of all, she was like, whoa, were you? You know what I mean? Like she didn't had not really seen me before, but now she's seeing me on spirit level and she's like, Wow, who are you? And how did you know that you could do this? And then the next thing she said to me was, It's so beautiful, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, This is you, this is you. And she, it was almost like her heart burst open because she was like, Yes, it's like the claiming of our own brilliance. Yes, this is me. This is me. I am it. It is me. We are one." It's really beautiful. And um, she was able to then move. And at that point she was still scared. So at that place, that place of that windy place, I said to her, Okay, well, you're afraid to go there. So I just gave her a tether of light so she could hang on to. So she would know where to go. I'm like, all you have to do is hold on to this and you'll know where to go. So don't be afraid. Cause she was still because she's still because she was still so close to the humanness. She still had the binding of her religion and her human beliefs. She hadn't quite fully exited yet. So I said, all you have to do is hold on to this, and you'll know where to go. And you'll be going to the right place. So that allowed her to let go finally. An hour later, gone. Gone. And she passed in her sleep. She'd eaten an hour before. Isn't that weird? Like most people pass, they don't eat. She's like, I'm gonna chow down before I eat. Now I'm gonna pass the (laughs) last supper. (laughs)
2: The last supper, yeah. She really enjoyed it too, apparently.
0: And then she was gone peacefully in her sleep. Yeah. So so it doesn't have to be scary.
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't have to be scary. Part of the scary thing is that we as humans wanna like hang on. We're like, oh god. It seems scary.
1: And so just the the more we grip and the more we attach and yeah. the harder we try to control and the you know yeah. and the more that fear sets in yeah. the, the possibility of having this type of experience is It's pretty low. Yeah, it's hard. It it's very difficult. Yeah,
0: and for her, she struggled for a long time. So her experience was actually the opposite of my father's in her death experience. She's a formidable woman. So I just want to say my aunt was an amazing, incredible being. Yeah. So and she was very, very bound by her religion. So um, for her, she had three bouts of cancer. She was in hospice for a very long time. She was in a lot of pain. She had a lot of chemo. She had a lot of radiation. She had, you know, so it was a very prolonged process for her. Which was physically difficult, because she was so terrified that she wasn't worthy of her maker. That she was just like, no, I'm not going to allow myself to go. Which is reasonable if you're terrified. Why why would you allow that to happen? So it requires a letting—not just a letting go, but you know, if you can release the frequency distortions with regards to the fear of being worthy, then the transition Mm. is easier. Um, what I'm going to do as part of my service is the GFC that follows this. Is I will um, I will um, allow for that that transition to happen. So if somebody around you is passing, you can play it just in the background softly. It doesn't really matter what their religious orientation is. It really doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with religion. It's just allowing them to be in the frequency of pure source, so they can start to see it, feel it, like have it around them. They can start to feel it through them, and then that will allow them to ease. In their transition
1: well that's a beautiful gift yeah, yeah. so um, you know the first thing is um, the experiences that you talked about with your aunt and your father were kind of close to at the time of death yeah the thing is you know uh, we don't have to wait till then no to, to, no to, to we do, don't <laughs> That's the awesome thing. (laughs) To to do this work. Right. And to release the attachments and to release the fears. And Mm -hmm. so it's not like there's a window at the time of death, you know. Yeah, no, no, not at all. And you've got to do the magic, otherwise yeah you've so yeah, that Tibetan art of living and dying. Yeah. That book is just so amazing. But but what my thought was is that, you know, what we want to do is do this work during mm. our lifetime. Yeah, exactly. So that when yeah. we get to this point, it's
0: much more graceful and easy yeah, and yeah. smooth and fast and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's really amazing. My father came to frequency work, or, uh, you know, th- um, because I'd found it, I passed it on to him. And so he was very fortunate. He actually received frequency work session, like, um, just before he went into the hospital oh, too, so oh. it's interesting like a month like right when he came back He received one and then two weeks like weeks later. He received one and then he passed so it was just um, really it's It's all amazing perfect yeah. timing. Yeah, and I would say you're absolutely right all this frequency work that we're doing makes life more glorious yeah. and it makes the death process easier and more full of grace And when you are around somebody who passes, and they leave, and you have the privilege of being with them, the state of grace that opens when they transition is unbelievably beautiful. It touches, it's expanded, and it literally blesses everyone in that field, and it causes so much... Expansion for the people around them. It's a truly a gift. It's truly a gift and um, like uh, I Don't think we need to get into it But like what my father blessed me with in terms of knowledge and what he helped me with as in terms of clearing my lineage patterns He just took them away as he left. So the state of grace um, That exists in the death space is is it's hard to put in words what that is, but it's a blessing for... It's their blessing to the people oh, left leaving, oh. right? Because they are connecting yeah. back to pure source. So it's basically they open the doors back to pure source. Oh. So they open that gateway. Oh. So it's a really... Yeah, it's a to be around somebody, and it's amazing.
1: You know, the other thing that you introduced, Karen, is the fact, you know, we do this work, you know, during our lifetime to yeah. be it more to be more at peace with ourselves so yeah. that we can be more at peace with the world around us. Mm-hmm. And then also the benefit of being at peace at the time of passing Yeah. so we can have the experience that you talked about. Yeah. But the thing that you introduced beyond that is the fact that there's kind of a, a bonus to mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. as far as after the passing.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, you know there's quite a different journey for those that awaken and release and yeah. do the work before yeah. Before that time of death, yeah. you know. On the other side. Yeah.
0: Because so. that's the true liberation then. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Because then you have choice. You you've you've regained full re- yeah. free will. Wow. Is but, what happens. Is that's, you regain that's full that's free will. Just
1: kind of, we don't hear a lot about that. No. And uh, but that's just kind of amazing. Yeah. 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 I, just, I just wonder down the road if maybe there's another separate segment just on that kind of life after.
0: It's possible, and yeah. um, there's a really fantastic book, and I think it's called Beyond Dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe, I'm sorry if that's the correct name, but it's um, This Woman Who Had a Near Death, okay. and it's a fantastic book. Um, it's fantastic. I probably will post somewhere on my website okay. or what Super. it's called, but Super. I think it's called call it Beyond Dying. But it's really helpful if you want to know, and she goes into detail. It was a woman who actually went through a near death and came back, chose to come back. And so she had very severe cancer. And then when she came back, because she brought back that very high vibrating frequency of that blue space that I mentioned, she brought it back into the body, her cancer gone within... I don't know what, like a month or something like that, completely gone, totally healthy, and she because that free, high level frequency will not tolerate that cancer or anything that can't exist in that frequency, so all of it just goes away. Yeah. So it's incredible, and she's um, it's an incredibly and powerful book. Yeah. I really enjoyed
1: it. That's that's another segment. So. A different segment for sure. Yeah, I'd like to just say thank you. Thank you for sharing your personal story You're and welcome. that about your father and your aunt mm-hmm. and. And that was so powerful, and the audience is very appreciative of that because we all have family members that are, you know, somewhere along that journey, as we ourselves are going to be on that journey too. Yeah. So, okay. Thank you, Karen.
0: Thank you. Yeah.
1: Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC, exactly what is that?
0: these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. Welcome everyone. This is the group Frequency Calibration on facilitating the death process. And by which I mean not only a physical death, but also the death process, which can happen as we transition from one Thing to another in our lives, whether that be the ending of a relationship, the ending of uh, a career, and or the ending of anything major, really. Okay? So it's not just physical death. So let's begin by bringing your awareness to your heart space. And as you bring your awareness to your heart space... Let's take three breaths together, inhaling for a count of four and holding your breath for a count of four. And whenever you're ready to exhale, please exhale for a count of four four, holding your breath out, or your avoided breath out, for a count of four. And on your second breath, please inhale for a count of five. holding your breath in for a count
2: of five.
0: And whenever you get to your exhale, Please exhale for a count of five, holding your breath out for a count of five. And when you get to your third breath, please inhale as slowly as you possibly can. And when you get to the top of your breath, hold your breath for as long as you think you can. And when you get to that edge where you feel or think that you can't hold your breath in any longer, stretch that edge and hold your breath in for a second longer.
2: We are
0: starting to cultivate mastery of self and therefore need to push the boundaries of what we think is possible. And when you get to your exhale, exhale as slowly as you possibly can. And when you feel or think that you can't hold out your breath any longer. Please hold out your breath for a second longer. And this is, of course, after you've completely exhaled and held out your breath for as long as you think you can. And for those of you who are playing this, for people who are ill, you can play this on a loop, in the background, so they can barely hear it, or you can put it um, uh, over their ears as headphones, you know, with headphones, that helps them to ease their transition. So whenever you're complete with your three breaths, bring your attention, awareness, focus between your belly button and your heart space and breathe normally. As I'm waiting for the mastermind to gel, I'm going to note that I'm working on you in groups and subgroups. And also as another note, for those of you who are new, I'm going to be making sounds on my end. So you'll hear me exhale sharply, you'll hear me hum, and you'll hear me yawn, even though I'm not tired. And that's just the way I remove the distortion patterns, currently, anyway. good. The mastermind has just chilled. So uh, keeping your attention between your belly button and your heart space, let's ask ourselves the following question to ourselves in our own minds. And that question is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source, And that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of a brilliance deep, deep within your body that starts to expand, to grow brighter, to become even more radiant. as you become even more aware of your connection only to pure source. Good. And on my end, I'm working at source level to increase your natural bandwidth, whatever level that you're at. So now please bring your attention, awareness, focus to your xiphoid process. So your xiphoid process is right at the base of your sternum. So your sternum is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest where your ribs meet in front of your body. Right at the base of it, there's a fleshy point that if you press on it, it's tender. So... that point. And then um, on the edge of your ribs, about um, two inches on either side of the xiphoid process or um, four to five centimeters on either side of the xiphoid process. Okay. So this is fear of the death process. It's very human. Okay, and right behind it is an attachment to what was. Whatever that was. So these are intertwining into a bundle and they're pretty intense. So we're going to remove these so you can have more ease and have more choice as you move through this process. And you're not so bound by what has happened, as opposed to what will happen, okay, so breathing into that very specific space, and even if you're not exactly right on, it's fine, it will still work, And before I proceed, I'm going to amplify for those who are physically crossing over the frequency of pure source even more so it's like a beacon and you can relax into it and know that you will be guided exactly to where you need to go. And this will benefit the rest of you who will remain embodied because it will entrain you to a higher either level of connection or awareness of your connection to your source. So we have been gifted with grace. So let us amplify this just for a moment more before we proceed with the distortions and this frequency pattern or amplification will continue to build momentum throughout this GFC. And for those of you who are remaining embodied, if you get sleepy during this GFC and fall asleep, that's great. It's just a very high level frequency. And it may be that your conscious mind needs to just kick itself out of the way. Okay? So it's totally perfectly and actually very efficient for you to fall asleep. Keeping your focus now back into the xiphoid process. This is the distortion pattern or the fear of the unknown. And of course, this is the great unknown for those of us who are transitioning, crossing over. And for those of us who are crossing into something new in our lives, it's also a big unknown. Let's remove this fear. So that you can occasionally, and if not more and more, experience excitement in the unknown. Because it is in the unknown that we have the greatest freedom. keeping our attention in that very specific space of your xiphoid process. Very good. Now bring your attention to your solar plexus between your belly button and your heart space. This is the fear of getting lost, that you won't know where to go, or that you won't be guided appropriately. Okay. Whether this death is physical or metaphoric, this is scary. Let's remove this. You are guided. You wouldn't have found frequency work, or me, if you were not. So, your spirit is absolutely guiding you. Let's remove this. And also, right behind it, let's remove the distortion of the lack of trust in your higher self, and your connection to pure source. Let's remove this. Still in the solar plexus and this is the fear or resistance to surrender so this is the greatest test of surrender the death space and the more we resist the more painful it becomes it goes faster if we surrender And not just to get to the outcome, but truly surrender. If you just do a little mind game with yourself, it doesn't work. This is truly surrendering. Okay. So, one way or another, surrender will happen. It's just about how painful it will be until we get there. So, may as well surrender from the get go since we are surrendering to our higher selves into pure source there's nothing to fear Good. And now bring your attention to your rib cage, from the inside. So not the part that faces external world, the part that's inside your body.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That inside edge. So as you bring your attention here. Okay, so this is attachment to form, being a certain way. Uh, For another subgroup of you, it's about uh, also releasing expectation of what this process will be like. So whether they're good, bad, indifferent, it doesn't matter. It's still expectation. So let's release this so you can have more ease
2: Excellent, yeah.
0: Yeah, so now, um, bringing your attention to your solar plexus between your belly button and the base of your sternum. your pain bodies just a bit here. It's a lot of change. We end, bring your attention to your heart space. We're going to remove the distortion pattern of struggle in this process and amplify that of ease, knowingness, and grace. Bring your attention to your heart space and breathing. And notice if you can just rest here, floating in the vast space of your heart. Mm. I'm going to leave you here, resting in your heart space. For as long as you'd like, and I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. You're ready to clear even more of the frequency distortion patterns that are holding you back so you can accelerate towards where you want to be
2: please visit my website at sphericalluminosity.com